Welcome to the State of the Markets podcast. I'm Paul Rodriguez of thinktrading.com. I'm Tim Price of pricevaluepartners.com. And our very special guest is Sir Dan of C. So, Tim, who is Sir Dan of C? Yeah, and he was on Delling Pod a while back. And he was on the Delling Pod. Yeah. And he, he used to go, well, I think he still goes by the name of Sir Dan of C. Yes, we've got to get to the bottom of the Sir, haven't we? Well, I think he's clearly a bit obsessed about medieval st- medieval history. Oh, right. So if you go to, for example, danielcure.blogspot.com, it says Sir Dan of C, sometimes a blog, and it says, writes bits and pieces, plays some guitar, runs a bit, etc. Various okay. musics on medieval history, Lego, rugby, cricket, guitars, films, children's TV, alcohol, and any other random topic designed to cause me mild annoyance. Cool. Well, the guitar well, stuff. I'll, I'll be well, the guitar stuff. So you found you found common kin there. Yeah. Also creator of Gods and Flannel Fools, a series exploring the history of English Test match cricket, starring starting with the first Test matches played in 1877 through to the present day. Right. Okay. So I'm still none the wiser, <laughs> but. But basically, uh, it, I don't know if you ever. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, for example. No, I've only just noticed him basically because I don't ba- go on Twitter much. Because ba- so. ba- obviously, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm addicted, and yeah. uh, he, he so he does these school reports, which are Excel spreadsheets, mm. basically showing who's having a good, bad, and indifferent war, and right. so on. Okay. And uh, I'm just going to see if I can find a, a recent one that he did. Well. Uh, why don't we have him on to talk yeah, about it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah, we yeah. can go that way. Yeah. So shall I, shall I add him? It's uh, yeah. very, nearly, very nearly the witching hour. Yes, let's get him on. And, uh, let's see how we go. Okay, um, popping it. Oh, call free on Skype. There we go. Uh, add to call. Welcome to the show, Dan of C. I think you'll find it's Sir Dan of C. Oh, I'm very sorry. Sir Dan of C. <laughs> Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on, and uh, I appreciate the, um, uh, the the nod to my knighthood as well. Indeed. So, 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 so what, ex- explain away, please, Sedan. Um, what the, the online? Yeah, okay. So, Sedan of C came about um, at, actually probably about two or three years ago on on Twitter. This is prior to to the whole COVID um, thing, where I was. Uh, my my normal uh, name and I ran into a spot of bother with um, a couple of of, uh, of sort of heavyweight blue ticks on on Twitter Th- this was in the height of the brexit um, debacle with Theresa yeah. May um, and I, I had a couple of pylons and I came off Twitter for a while and I thought you know what I, I I think I'll just call myself something else so I I uh, I gave myself the, um, <laughs> the nickname Sedan of C. Um, and then last year, of course, when the, the government um, reacted to COVID as, as they did, and, and as indeed, you know, many of the, uh, the governments did ac- across Europe, um, I started doing these lists on Twitter. And because I was already set up as Sedan of C, um, it's become a bit of a brand name online, really, and a, and a catch-all for all the various things that I'm doing, um, not just on Twitter, but on, on YouTube and, and other things as well. So, And would it be fair to say you have, I mean, I, I presume from seeing and following you on, on Twitter that I appreciate you're, you're now, you're now Cecilia of, of Dan, aren't you? I am, yes, I am. So I... I <laughs> Sorry, you've got to explain that to me. I'm, I'm lost. Yeah, well, okay. So I was Sedan of C and I, and I was doing these lists, which, are, you know, if, if, maybe we can go into that. But um, 
I, I, I had a couple of, I, I knew it was, I was on, um, you were flirting, you were, you were, you were sailing close to the wind. I was indeed. Oh, yeah. I and, I, and I actually received a couple of, uh, Twitter seems to work on this three strikes and you're out basis. And, um, I had a couple of those prior to Christmas, um, within quick succession and they were for ridiculous things. I mean, you wouldn't believe, um, the, the, uh, the reasons for, for, for the bands, but so I was, I was down to my last, um, my last chance what, and I got, what were they what were they well the first one um uh was back in probably november there was a times article um i'm trying to think of the name of the journalist now and i his name escapes me anyway he he wrote this piece and it was um the most condescending thing you can imagine i mean it, it was effectively saying look you know there are some people there who you know, don't believe in in lockdown and their anti-masks and the, and their their the, anti-social distancing. Well, we need to educate these people, and um, quite frankly, if we don't educate them, then we'll we'll just sort of um, ostracise them from from society. I mean, that that's the, the long and the short of it. Yeah. Um, and I I retweeted it, sort of mocking it, not not swearing or or anything like that. I just mocked it, and I think my retweet got more traction than his Times article. I bet he enjoyed that. Um, he did well. Then what happened was he he came back with, with a with a, a sort of re- reply later on in the day, and I I simply responded to because it, it was it was a ridiculous reply, and I, I responded to it with the, the old um, uh, emoji with the with the sort of crying eyes with with laughter, and a very quickly a, a, again her name escapes me but she she was a bbc journalist and she used to she has appeared on the apprentice um and i can't remember her name I, i've never heard of her before she replied with uh how, how are you guys with swearing on this by the way tim does quite often so i wouldn't worry about it <laughs> okay well she replied and said oh the something along the lines of oh the uh, the cry laugh emoji a uh, sure sign uh, sure fire sign of a cu- yeah, and I thought oh, I think we're breaking new ground now. This yeah, is rock and roll. Yeah. Okay. Be- well, there you go. I did ask. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I thought you know, I, I'm. I mean, I've been known to use that word, but I mean, yeah. Let, let's yeah. introduce each other uh, ourselves to one another first. Um, yeah, and, uh, there's a place for it, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah. that's the, you pull out the big guns when you're using that word. And it's, yeah. that was unnecessary. Well, there's, no, there's no backing down once that's been. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it escalated quickly. I, I just thought, you know, that's, that, that's a bit much. I mean, it's a bit harsh. So I, I kind of came back with the, if you remember the, um, oh, what were they? Uh, um, Dudley Moore and Peter Cook. Um, yeah. Yeah. Derek and Clive. Derek and Clive. So, so I, 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 I said, oh, you're, you're calling me a C you see. Um, just as a bit of a you know and and within an hour i I was i i received a suspension and um she didn't um and it was it was apparently for for threatening behavior or something i mean they have these categories for for various suspensions and it was it was only for i think 12 hours or 24 hours but i just thought I don't know what the rules are here it's 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 a bat it's a it's a battle sky and it's a badge of pride yes i would say Yes, uh, um, no, I agree. Um, but then I got a second one <laughs> uh, with, within about two or three weeks of that, which was another. That was me criticising the World Economic Forum for 
um, one of their tweets about some plastic meat that they were inventing. Um, And I said, uh, I tweeted something along the lines of, you know, you, you can kind of, I, Oh, I think I said, you know, I hope you choke on, on this, this meat. Um, and they said, well, that's, that's a direct threat. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and the thing is when you get, I don't know whether either of you have had Twitter suspensions, but I've, I've, I've been in the, the sin bin. You've been in the what, what a shock, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, so you get the chance, you get the opportunity to appeal. And I said, well, firstly, um, you do realise this was a joke. I mean, you know, maybe it's not a very good joke, but it was a joke. Secondly, um, this is the World Economic Forum. I mean, it wasn't an individual. I don't know how how I'm possibly guilty of of you know threatening an, an institution. And on a point of order, um, you can't, for example, libel a company, to the best of my knowledge. So you right. can libel you can libel an executive of a company, a named executive, but you can't libel a company itself. For for instance, yeah. right. But uh, but to be fair, I I I haven't actually got any legal qualifications. And, <laughs> so uh, by the way, I'm not authorised to give legal advice. Tim's just guessing there. Just... <laughs> well, you know, like, Tim, I, don't, you... I don't know if you've seen um, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," Dan. Um, have you seen that show? No, no. It's terrific. It, it's it's addictive. I'm onto like series twelve now, right. and there's hundreds of them, but they're all ridiculously funny and extremely politically incorrect. And one of the characters. I mean, it's, they're basically bar flies in 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 Philly, but um, they run they run a bar, but it, it, everything goes off the rails. And it, it's got Danny DeVito in an inspired role. Uh, I know Paul's seen a few, and I, I think Paul shares my enthusiasm for it. Yeah, but one of the good. characters basically says, "Well, I, I I've got some legal expertise, but it's mostly it's mostly to do with bird law." So it's <laughs> a, avian 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 litigation right. specialist. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, look, Tim, if you if you're able to um, resurrect my Twitter account through your um, sketchy legal knowledge, I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and these days that, that's possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the point was this: once I had that second one, I knew I knew I was on borrowed time, and yeah. um, and uh, and that was it. So, I've, I, in any case, I've come back as uh, to see of Dan. Although I'm on various other things, I'm I'm keeping to Dan of see. Yeah, be on Gab and Parler and all of these things as backups, just in case lightning strikes twice. Is there, is there much on those platforms? No, not yet, really. Okay. They've, they've yet they've yet to get critical mass. I would suggest. Right. Yeah, I mean, Parler um, started last year, and um, it, it actually a lot of the, the sort of big players on on Twitter who were of, of the right or of the, the the libertarian or whatever you want to call it, um, they they all signed up to Parler, and it was a thing for a while, and then, and then I think it got a bit boring because because it was it was it was like okay, well, we'll just go back onto Twitter, um, and then they had a problem because um, a lot of these platforms have been taken down by big tech. Um, either the app has been taken off the app store, so that's what's happened to Gab and Parler. Um, they had a problem with Amazon servers as well. well that's the other thing, they're hosted on Amazon, and, and Amazon kicked them off. So they've been they've been scaling up their um, their server capacity. Gab's already got that, but it but it was very slow. So Gab is Gab's sort of there in the background um i mean i went on to gab actually um when because i I lost a load of followers when trump got kicked off interestingly Mm. enough um whenever that was back in january i think they they did this big purge of particularly us um twitter accounts 
Um, and it looked like, you know, Twitter might might even sort of die a death within within a few months. But it's um, uh, the, I, I think, you know, the whole thing of censorship and free speech and, and you know, regulating content is, well, it was a big topic around the US election. And, it, and it's kind it's, of it's not it's not gone away. It's not gone away, but I think it, it, it sort of it simmered down a little bit because mm. there's other things and it will come back for sure and it will, it will come back bigger. And I, and I think for me, the important thing is just to be on as many different platforms as possible because you can be booted off at any point, really. Well, basically, if, if the sea of Dan ever runs into difficulty, you can share one of my alter egos, which is Lettuce for Labour Leader, uh, a grassroots campaign to get even more Labour vegetables into Parliament. Right. <laughs> I shall bear that in mind. Yeah. So, and I've got I've got a few others, but anyway. So, so it, it, would it be fair to say that the the sedan of sea does that does that derive from a love and appreciation of the medieval period by any chance? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I've always been into history. The the medieval period is is um, the, you know the the one that I've I'm kind of uh, mostly drawn to. So that that's why I came up with that one. Um, why why it, is that? What is it about the period that you like so much? All the knights fighting and, and what have you, and damsels in court, the court, courtly love, courtly love. Yes, exactly. Nothing to do with fighting. It's <laughs> it's the romance. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I th- I think that was it. I mean, growing up, that was. That was what interested me, and um, I don't uh, know if does does Chaucer count for this period because it's got the it, yeah. Chaucer's got the finest the finest line in English literature, which is "Gan pulling up here smock and in he throng." And what does That's that mean? The, uh, he pulled up a he pulled up a skirt and oh. and in he throng. Oh, okay. I should listen yeah. more carefully. Right. Chaucer okay. was um, yeah. Chaucer was thirteen uh, hundreds, I think, and it, it very. I mean, there's there's some some real hardcore stuff in Chaucer, actually. Um, yeah, it's it's. Oh, I'm 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 into the period, and, and actually, the the list that I started doing last year. I mean, the one the one thing I had to draw on quickly was you know some themes to try and uh, to try and sort of flesh it out and give it a bit of comedic value. So, yeah. so we did various things from history. I've, I've actually on return as Cecilia of Dan, I did a medieval themed list, which, uh, which a few people enjoyed. So, um, uh, it, it was good to, to, um, assign some of the villains from that period to some of the villains we've got right now. And, and likewise, some of the heroes, cause, uh, it's, uh, it, you know, it, it's th- this whole thing is still going on. I mean, here we are a year later, and and uh, it, in many ways, it doesn't feel like we're we're any further forward, quite frankly. So, what I mean to to jump straight straight in medias res, uh, what do you think is going on? If you, um, if, you could, if it's even possible to boil it down to one or two or three things, because that's a clearly a, a big a big open ended yeah. question, but. Well, it, it is. I mean, I'm not sure. Um, funnily enough, I, I saw an exchange on, on Twitter earlier um, with people. I think there was a, um, a a Twitter poll which asked the question, where do you think, you know, what, what are the origins of, of this? Do you think it was China? Do you think it was um, concocted by, um, you know, the sort of Davos agenda? Mm. Um, and or, I, or, or both. Or both or, or you know, basically, you know, has, has this whole thing been manufactured by, you know, or almost like a punishment for, for some of the things like Trump and Brexit? You yeah, know? Um, that, 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 that sounds a bit that sounds a bit far fetched as a punishment. I, I wouldn't expect that. Well, 
um, if not as a punishment, as, as a sort of, um, you know, as a, as a weapon against against that sort of populist movement, I suppose, which is which was the thing that really, um, you know, put the brakes on the, the direction of travel, I suppose, over the last however long, you know, mm. five, 10, 15 years. Um, and, and I don't know. I mean, the, the honest answer is I don't know that. But I but I think um, I think the events of the last 12 months have been um let's say convenient enough for enough people who still hold power for this to continue. And you only really need to see things like, um, you know, again, going back to the world economic forum, um, you know, some of the tweets that they put out there um, talking about the, um, you know, the positive impact of no cars in cities. over You'll, the last- you'll, you'll learn nothing and be happy. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, and, and by the way, we need to do more, you know, um, it's, it, it's, it, it's, and it's also allowed a lot of things to, um, to sort of slip under the radar and, and, um, and take place without much opposition. So for example, um, you know, if you think back last year to, um, the, the protests that occurred in sort of late spring, early summer, things like the Black Lives Matter mm. protests, um, you know, they were allowed really well. That they were, they were, they were dealt with um, by a very different form of policing. To well, you saw, you saw the introduction of two-tier policing. Yeah, so BLM-style policing, which is basically no policing, and then everybody else, including lockdown skeptic protests, which is basically knacker the grannies. Yeah, exactly. And and but it also extends to things like sport, where you see um, these things like, you know, taking the knee before before a game and, and, and things like that. I look at it and think, well, I mean, I don't really follow football anymore, cricket and rugby and more my sports. But you see them doing this for, for all sports um, in empty stadiums. And, and I think, well, I'm not sure they could get away with that week after week. Didn't didn't see the Welsh doing it, though, did you, Boyo? No, no, and credit to them actually. Um, I mean, I say, one of the reasons I say that is because I would imagine that your inbox has just been deluged by fan mail after you appeared in the um, uh, Karen recent Karen video. Well, which and and yeah, and and that really was a celebration of all things Welsh. Um, men of Harlech, yeah, it's um, that was it was good fun. That was actually. It's uh, one of the happiest days of my life. Um, and we're recording this uh, time check Wednesday, the 10th of March, uh, early evening. Um, just a, br- a bit of late breaking news. The single, if all goes according to plan, and I'm desperately reaching out for as, m- as much timber as I can, uh, all, things going, all, th- all things going well, that single will be out tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. Excellent. So we have the we have the, the the video, of course, the sort of the promotional video, but the the single yeah. itself will be available on hopefully iTunes and Amazon and all good uh, online um, retailers. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, I mean, it was it was you know credit to to you guys for for um, getting that set up because it was I mean for a start off it was it was such a fun day, um, and uh, yeah, I mean the, vi- <laughs> the everybody I've shown the video to just you know has found it hilarious. It's uh, um, yeah, it, it's great. So no, I'm looking forward to that coming out. So tell us about your your blog and your school report. So what what exactly happens on there? Who might be on there, and what might you write? Well, the, the, yeah. So the, the, the list started probably about a year ago, actually, because we, we're a year into this. And um, at that point, uh, of course, Brexit wasn't long gone, and um, what we were noticing was that. Um, 
many of the the commentators uh, who who had been you know who had had a, a good Brexit war, if you want to put it that way, um, who had come out sort of triumphant. You know, whether it was uh, I don't know Farage or mm. Rod Little or Julia Hartley Brewer or or, or even Boris, actually, for that matter. Um, when the um, you know the, the news from China and then the scenes from Italy and 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 you know the big media storm around COVID broke we started to see them fall one by one, you know, they, they, they kind of, um, they, you know, they panicked and a lot of people in fairness were panicking. And I, and I made the comment on Twitter, well, you know, if we see this as a, as a war, um, uh, oh no, no, rather if we, if we see this at, at like being at school, um, you know, we're, we're all going to have a wobble. Um, but you know, let's try and come out of it with a few, you know, lines or the old, the old detention. Um, but there's some people who are going to get a damn good thrashing. Um, mm. And so um, James Dellingpole said to me, well, why don't you just why don't you write a list um, <laughs> of all these people and score them? So that's what I did. And I think the first list was only about 10 people, probably those people I've just mentioned, a few others. And I gave them a score. The idea was that that, that one was, was was the best and 10 was the worst because I could go beyond 10. Yeah. And then well, I, you can also go into negative numbers, to be fair. Well, yeah, that's true. But that, that was just the way I came up. And, and, and then there were some notes like like a school report. And I, I did that. And, and people said, oh, this, this is good. Um, so I added a few more. And then and then people started suggesting. And then I started getting all these um, observations, you know, oh, you've given such and such a four. I think there should be a seven. And have you seen this tweet? <laughs> it, it, it kind of and then it, and then I had to do two lists because, of course, there were people on the right and people on the left. Um, so I did that and, and then it was really not about the scores, but about the, the comments. So it turned into a sort of, you know, piece of comedy material really. Um, so I, I had to do all sorts of things. I mean, I did a, I, I think I did a world war two theme. I did, a, a Led Zeppelin songs theme. Um, there was, a, and it went beyond that. I mean, there was a, a retail hall of shame when the, when the retailers, um, opened back up after the first lockdown, there was one on woke brands, one on, uh, I called one mask wankers. So that was when the, um, <laughs> when, when um, masks were advisory, but then they, they, they brought them in, uh, in England first. And then, and then I think Wales back in the summer. Yeah. And, and we were getting reports, you know, you could, you could go into, to, I don't know, Marks and Spencers and they wouldn't bat an eyelid, but if you went into Morrison's, they would, mm. you know, spray mace in your face or something yeah. I, I don't know it was it was you know we we're getting all these things so I, I did one for that and it was it, you know it was just great fun and and um that was really where my my twitter following grew and and um you know it turned into uh not a weekly necessarily but I was having to sort of churn them out with with quite a high degree of frequency and then um got to the back end of last year and I, I put them all together into a into a pdf and said well it, you know if people want to buy a copy and um, you know, a lot of people had it and it was, I suppose it was a bit of a document of, of the year that we had. Um, so I, so I did that. And then obviously Julie got kicked off Twitter. <laughs> um, and I, I'd started doing some, some YouTube videos at the time, just, just filming, you know, my thoughts on, on what was going on. And, um, and then a few live streams with some people on Twitter that I, that I'd hooked up with um and is that, is that people like hector and simon yeah i've spoken i mean I'm, i know both hector and simon um quite well and um 
you know, I've I've had chats with with them both. I've had Simon on. I've had um, I've had James. James. Sorry, the benefit of people who are aren't aren't, aren't familiar. It's Hector Drummond and Simon Roberts. That's right. Yeah. So Hector, Hector. I mean, he was he was somebody who. Um, I mean, I've known him for for a year or two through um, a thing that we we did called Third Wednesday, and Third Wednesday was effectively like a drinking club um, yeah. that uh, Dick Dellingpole put together. The idea was, you know, he, here are a load of people. We we chat away on Twitter. Um, we actually and then, and then we meet in the real world. We meet in the real world, yeah. And it was in the third Wednesday of every month because that was the day that we first met. And we we started it in in Worcester, and then we got to the point. And this is this is the thing that really annoys me. We 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 had it set up so that it was going to go nationwide. There was a couple in London, uh, I think one in St Albans, one up in Newcastle. There was one down in Cornwall going to start. People were messaging me saying, "Oh, I live." in such and such and such do you know anybody else who's around here because i'd like to to go for a pint and it was it was starting to take off and presumably and, you stood to make an absolute fortune from the ipo of this franchise well you know <laughs> it, 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 there's so many possibilities um but yeah that was literally at the at the point at which the first lockdown happened and actually mm. when when it um when pubs reopened again back in the summer um Many of the, the places were, were just so awful that it, it just wasn't. I mean, we did meet up, but it just wasn't the same. You know, you had situations where, um, you know, if, if it was a particularly, um, uh, you know, if it was if, if the landlord was was, you know, real um, kind of let's, let's just say COVID bedwetter, you know, yeah. you'd, you'd be turfed out into the beer garden and if it, even if it was raining or, you know, you'd all have to sort of sit on on different tables with glass screens in between. Mm. And it's, oh, you know. And it got worse because, of course, then you had to walk into the pub with a mask and um, people, a lot of people didn't want to do that. And um, and then and then we hit the autumn and, and the whole thing um, shut up shop again. So it, that really took a hit and it's and it's there and it was a, it was a great thing. And I, I think everyone just wants the pubs reopened mm. again, but but reopened properly as as pubs used to be. Well, and permanently as well. And permanently. So none of this off on bullshit. No, exactly. Uh, it's it's funny actually because I did a thing um, back in um, this must have been I don't know August or September. There's a there's um, a, a guy uh, called Roger and he's doing this documentary called Unmasked, mm. and he's interviewing various people. And he interviewed me and he said, "Well, um, he so he lives in Ludlow, which is um, right on. It's near the Welsh border. It's beautiful little market town. It's got a castle there." And it's not that far. It's probably about forty minute drive from where I live. And I went over there, and and he said, "Well, we'll go into this pub." And it was the it was a pub that you would never uh, know existed. It was right off the back streets, and he he took us in, and there were no masks, um, no forms to to fill out. Um, we went in, we had a pint, we went up the stairs, and and um, uh, there was this this room up there, and he set all his camera. Uh, equipment up and and we did this interview and and it was almost like you know the real world is existing and and this is life as it was um and but but that was the exception you know there are places like that but but most people of course have been have been scared because they think well do I really want my business closed down do I want you know to incur huge fines or whatever it might be so um yeah it's very sad it's you know and, and of course a lot of people will have gone out of business and um uh you know they, they can't sustain um 
you know, the, all their overheads and, and their their debt for for as long as as this whole thing has lasted. And I mean, when a when a pub's properly back open, it, it's it's May or June, isn't it? At this at this rate, so um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's sad, and it's uh, it, in in my opinion, very unnecessary. Assuming that we we do revert to normality at some point in the near future, and that, I say that's an assumption rather than a statement of fact. Do you think that those people who are politically most responsible, just in the UK, are going to meet with a kind of Mussolini-esque, hanged upside down by piano wire ending, or is it merely going to be life in prison, or merely a gigantic class action, or you know, war war crimes against crimes against humanity? What? How do you think it's going to play well, out? I'd, I'd love to think that, but but the reality is, I think there's a few things at play. Firstly. People are so sick of of, of this whole thing, and, and we're seeing this all the time now, that they just want to get out of it. And um, that means in many cases that people are just eagerly um, getting yeah, vaccinated. Getting vaccinated, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we saw it today with some people on, on Twitter, you know, I, I just want a holiday. I just mm-hmm. want to go to the pub. I want to go to, to a nightclub, whatever. Um, so I think there's... There, there's that's, a, that's a pretty cheap, that's a pretty cheap way of accounting for uh being exposed to an experimental gene therapy yeah i I mean i think it's just i mean if if you if you are so eagerly um or readily prepared to um uh to offset your principles i mean it's just you know it's it's i I mean it's almost like fat slags i'll do it for a bag of chips yeah (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so so i think there's there's that um there there are some people that do it for their job i know people have had to have it for their job well yeah well well hashtag nuremberg too yeah coercive medical procedure done without uh informed consent some might say yeah it's 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 um it's a tricky one isn't it because they can effectively just lose their job for not doing it but have to do it Therefore, it, they've done it under their own volition, but um, it's an effective constructive dismissal, isn't it? Well, it's. It, I think it would be interesting if we could see some of these legal cases played played out when when the time comes, because I'm sure there will be people in in that position. But I, I think the other aspect to this is that, and the thing that's really struck me is how um, tightly coordinated the government and the state seem to be and, mm. and by that i mean and and big businesses well yeah i mean big you know corporations big tech the mainstream media the state the government the, the entire thing you know the, the institutional fabric of this country and and it strikes me that um rather than i mean you would think that someone like Boris Johnson and his entourage of, of you know, senior cabinet ministers, having gone through the whole Brexit debacle where a lot of things played out in court, mm. um, you know, they would think, well, hold on a minute. One thing we do have to do is, is, is build a bit more credibility and accountability and trust in the political process. And also obey the rule of law, for example. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but actually what we've seen is, is these things have become tighter um, you know, it, not even MPs who are democratic or supposedly democratically elected to represent parts of the country are able to sit in in um, in the House of Commons and debate this stuff and mm. and challenge the government with it with any real meaningful impact at all. You know, th- this stuff has just gone through. It's been passed through. Part. It's almost as if it's the it's the complete opposite of what happened with Brexit because actually then nothing went through Parliament. Mm. 
um, it, it almost feels like... Yeah, so the pendulum swung from one extreme to the other. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so to answer your question, I, I think those things are going to make it... Di- I'd, I'd love that, that the government would be held to account, um, but, but I think those things make it hard. And of course, so many other governments um, have, have responded in a similar I mean, that, way. That's, that's the really galling excuse, isn't it, that everyone's saying, well, they jumped off the cliff, so we felt obligated to jump off the cliff because everyone's mm-hmm. doing it. Wah! Yeah. This is it. Um, so I don't know. I, I think... Um, Basically, what, what what I'm hearing from this is anything can happen in the next half year. And I dare say that's possible too. Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of it's going to depend on how many of, of the things that we've seen um, implemented over, over the last 12 months um, then sort of don't disappear. They, they become levers for, for the government. So, for example, um, he talks about this date in June. Um, well, what does that mean after June? Does it mean that we won't legally have to wear masks in shops? Um, now, okay, I, I suspect a lot of people will think, hopefully, that that will be the case. But then how many people will actually still wear masks because they've, they've been scared? Mm. Um, um, how many, so I, I can see um, a situation uh, next winter, so sort of from November onwards, where let's imagine COVID has disappeared for a moment. Um, uh, but we have a, you know, we have a, a, a spike in flu cases or other illnesses. No, no flu's disappeared. Flu has completely disappeared. There are no, there is no flu. Flu is gone. That's true. But let's, let's suppose flu 2.0 or swine or, flu. Or COVID-19 is it now has been confirmed. Yeah, exactly. But my point is, let, let's suppose that there's an NHS winter health crisis. Um, I I'm predicting that they will um, they'll bring in some form of of lockdown to to deal with that in years to come. So and and it may work on a tier system. It may work on, um, you know, we'll tier what first level is, um, you know, we'll we'll reintroduce social distancing and masks, but you can keep things like pubs open. And then the next level is we'll we'll close those things and then we'll go to non-essentials. And I, I think they've stress tested this this stuff and they've seen that enough people support it and therefore it's a you know it, it's a measure that they they can use so for me it's things like that that are the, the damaging elements of this because they'll go way beyond mm. the duration of, of covid19 and and that's really sad mm. yeah I guess we can, we we don't know I suppose it's um if you're trying to work out whether the government are going to hold on to power that they've been given there's a good chance that they'll they'll want to do that but i'm i'm not so sure that the that the the public will be that happy with with it just being flu and complying with something like that i think they would do it with something like covid-19 which has got a you know a seven day incubation period and it has has different um, uh, certain different symptoms. Um, Gullibility being a main one. Well, there, there is that, but let, but let's be fair. There is also long COVID, and there are there are some some you know I, I know of somebody who's lost their sense of smell, and that's gone for a year. So there are things that can happen, and that that with it. So yes, it's in most most cases there won't be. Um, you know, it it will just be a, a mild flu, but there will be some cases that are really bad. But flu is just flu. 
like normal flu in a normal year, mm. I don't think you're going to get people's buy-in for okay, let's let's lock down, let's let's um, you know socially distance and not see each other over Christmas because because there's a bad flu going around. I don't. But COVID nineteen well, isn't ordinary flu. COVID nineteen is M and S flu. If, yeah. If, if if Carlsberg did flu, this is what it would be like. It's sexy flu. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, well, I think it will it will depend on the the um, the narrative because I think the one thing that they've done is is rather than to challenge and and this by the way goes back to the election um, and was entirely unnecessary in my opinion. They instead of challenging the NHS in its current form and and saying, well, actually maybe there's a different way of doing this or maybe it's incredibly expensive already um they they pitched themselves they being the, the tory party under boris as the best managers of the nhs and that's been at the forefront of their reaction to covid and, and you you see this i mean my kids are, are at primary school you know there's there's you walk that's half mile from my house to the primary school every other house has got a rainbow on it with nhs everybody was outside clapping um so I think if they successfully managed to say, look, we saved the NHS, we we were the ones who did this, um, and in future we'll save them again, that's probably how they, they'll go about doing it. Um, it, it will be, you know. I, I, I suspect next time around there'll be a growing constituent, constituency of people who want to burn the fucking NHS with fire. Oh, I hope so, yeah. But anyway. I hope so. But but I, I think, you know, there's <laughs> you may have detected a sort of sense of sort of, a, a bit of a bleak outlook, I, I suppose, because we're. we're I'm getting. I'm getting weird <laughs> resignation. Well, I, I, you with know, no, with notes of mild despair. I think, in fairness, there's been a growing number of people who have have woken up to this, but it just needs to reach that critical mass. And my, I'm my... astonished at how supine the British people have been over mm. this, because it's like you know the 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 population of boiled frogs is. I mean, there, there aren't pots big enough to hold us all. Yeah. And there's reasons for that. I mean, I think a lot of it is is down to the fact that the government got an 80 seat majority and a lot of people invested their faith in Boris. And it's a bit like, you know, I'd, I'd liken it to supporting a football team. And you, you, you can't accept, you know, when they lose, you can't accept that maybe they're just not good enough. You blame the referee, you blame the, the situation, you make up excuses, but you're never going to stop blindly supporting that football team and 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 shouting at you know shouting their name and cheering their name and I, I think there's a there's tub thumping going on within the um within those who voted for Boris the Tory party and and that I think is is partly at, at play here um and I speak as somebody who used to be a member of the Tory party unfortunately I'm not anymore but um uh, you know I, I do see that so who do you choose for politics because there doesn't seem to be much out there I mean, it's fringe at the moment, but I, my, my, my vote for what it's worth would go to Reform UK because they were the only party that didn't support lockdown. Yeah, I mean, there are some... It's, it's early days. Um, you've also... You've got um, David Curtin's uh, Heritage Party. I do like David Curtin. Um, Loza Fox has started a, a party... Um, uh, but that, that's really like a one-man band that's, approach, isn't it? That's, yeah. It's, it's, it's entirely around... I'm Not that I'm critical, but I'm just saying it's, it's entirely a, a one-person phenomenon. No, you're right. And, he, of course, he's going for the, for the London mayor, so he, he'll, which he won't get, of course, but he, that's going to be the, the, the bulk of his 
his focus over, over the coming months. I, I think there's a couple of things going on in the background as well. So, I mean, right, I, I suppose my political journey is that over the last 12 months, I've just decided no more. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not None of the above. No, I mean, it, you know, not in my name. And, and the, the old argument, which is, well, yeah, but if you don't vote for them, you're effectively giving a vote, you know, lending your vote to la- Labour. I mean, well, OK, fine, whatever. It's not good enough. I'm not in my name. So if you want to make that argument, fine. But I, I, I can't vote for, for a party that's made us all so miserable for, for so long. You know, you're right. It's, it's funny you mentioned the. I quite like the football, supporting a football team analogy. Earlier in the day with, with some colleagues, we were swapping some, I don't know if you're familiar with a, a writer, a financial writer called John Kenneth Galbraith, J.K. Galbraith, who's probably written the, not just the best account of the 1929 crash, but also the funniest account of the 1929 crash. It's an extremely funny book. He's just called The Great Crash 1929. But Galbraith, um, who was probably most active in the 50s uh, as a writer, uh, came out with, he, he, he gives good quote, basically, and one of them, to, to go back again to your football team analogy is a football football now your football favorite analogy is uh faced with the choice between changing one's mind and proving that there is no need to do so almost everyone gets busy on the proof yeah so i think it's a fabulous quote yeah yeah exactly exactly uh, and i think that's where i hope you know my hope is that that it will just take a period of reflection and, you know, people might just step because I, because I think the one, the one thing for me is that the only way that, that a difference will be made is if we step away from this very binary um, two party, you know, goodies and baddies approach to, to politics. And it's very difficult and it's been here forever, you know, um, and, and, and it, and it is, um, prevalent in so many uh, countries across the world nevertheless you know we've got to break out of it somehow mm. um and uh even if even if my participation in that process is is forces me into into a minority forces me um slightly underground well so be it because um because I'd rather that than than put my name to something which is as I say has just caused so so much misery and doesn't seem to be uh, to be changing. Mm. So I'm just trying to find this. this sorry, to, sorry, Paul. There's, no, a, there's, a, there's a quote I'm trying to find. Uh, yeah, it's H. L. Mencken. This one, who I think is an American uh, ironist or comedian. Democracy is the theory that the common people know what they want and deserve to get it good and hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we certainly to, had it good and just. hard for the last year. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's amazing, isn't it? Three. What was it? Three weeks to save the NHS. Three weeks to crush to crush the Tories. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's 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 just bizarre. I mean, the fact that we've that we've gone past the anniversary of this, or we're, we're approaching it, whatever. It's it's uh, it, it's just utterly bizarre. But look, hopefully, the, the single coming out tomorrow will will you it'll know change it will change everything. It will it, change it, the weather. It will change everything. Yeah. So, so Sedan, if you were in charge right now, what would be? Well, your... we say if, as you are in charge, as he's in charge, if if you were if you were in charge um, now, or you, or if you'd prefer, if you'd had power at the beginning of the crisis, how would you have handled it? Um, well, if I'd had it at the beginning, I would have held my nerve, and 
because remember, they were suggesting that if we washed our hands and, um, you know, for those people who were vulnerable, perhaps just, you know, look after yourselves and, and keep yourselves away for, for a short period of time. That was the way they were dealing with it. And it was yeah, only you, really... you can't destroy the entire working class and most small to medium sized enterprises that way. So that clearly wouldn't have been allowed to happen. <laughs> that's that's true, but that's the way I would have. I mean, I, Boris Boris getting ill and spending a couple of weeks surrounded by NHS angels being indoctrinated into um, in, into that world. I don't I don't think helped. It, I mean, if I let's imagine I was in charge now. I mean, I would just get everything back to normal. I really would. And I'd do it immediately. And I would do it in defiance, not only to what's happened, but to all the other countries as well. I would say, yeah, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. And guess what? Spring is just about here. Um, the, uh, the, the, the rate of people acquiring COVID has been reducing the death rate. I mean, I mean, I'm not even going into the, the way the death rate is recorded, which is absurd mm. anyway. Yeah. Um, but leaving that aside, the death rate's going down, as it will do anyway, because we're we're coming out of the winter. I'm going to reopen everything. I'm going to end the furlough scheme. Would you put Karens into work camps? Because I would. Yeah, well, let's see how many um, copies of the, of the single um, <laughs> get made. <laughs> um, but it's a good idea but I, I really would I, I would just get everything back to normal and and I would um I would measure the the impact of that uh, as an economic impact and um as a as a an impact of just general health and happiness you know and and of course there would be a lot of people who would who would be in a blind panic who would be saying you know you, th- these are the politics uh, policies rather of a madman <laughs> but those people I think typically, you know, you can't do anything with them anyway. Sure. I mean, I, I, I went to the, um, I had to, to pop to the bank the other, the other day, which is just a short walk down the road. And, and as I was waiting to cross the road, there was a lady there um, who was probably in her early 50s. And she was um, stood by this bus stop and she had at least two masks on, one on top of the other. And over that, she had one of those Perspex screens, you know, the, the face, face shields, the face shields, because yeah. they look at it like something out of Blake seven from the 1970s. Yeah, um, she had that. And and then over the top of that, she had what looked like, um, uh, a, a, you know, the hats that beekeepers wear. <laughs> but, but without gauzy, the gauzy thing. Yeah, but without that, just the just the hat, which was quite bizarre, but it, it looked like it. She, she well, that, that was the style, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. She looked like it might protect her in some way. She had all this on, and and I'm not. I mean, for all that I'm, I'm kind of having a bit of a rant about about COVID and the rest of it. You know, I don't regard myself as a mean spirited guy. You know, so I looked at her and thought, so you shoved her under under a bus. Yes, I pushed exactly. I pushed her to a death. Yeah, um, <laughs> but no, she she looked terrified. She genuinely looked terrified, and and that's what's happened with with this. So of course, those people. You know, if, if I if I turn around and, and open the country back up, I mean, those people would be terrified. But yeah. I think ultimately they need to come back out in, in their own time, whatever. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a fair point that you can't force. I mean, it, 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 it's a bit like saying you can you can terrify people easily, but you can't unterrify them anything like as easily. So if you've been subjected to basically 12 months of insane batshit government propaganda, then yeah. don't be surprised if people are a little resistant to, to trying to sort of go go back tentatively to life as normal. There are people who yeah. won't go swimming because of Jaws still. 
<laughs> well, not only that, but I look under the bed before I go to bed at night, just in case there's, there's something in there with, with creepy fingers. This is it. Well, or what was that film? Was it the um, was it the Grudge? When the woman oh comes yes, out? yeah, it comes out the TV. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Ring. That's Ring. The Ring. No, that's Ring. ring. The yeah, ring, but there's yeah. one called the Grudge, I think, and yes. she comes out. The, she comes out of the bed, the, the, out of the mattress. But it, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this is it. Fear is 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 one of the most powerful emotions. I mean, you, you do things when, when you're genuinely frightened. You do things. You behave in a way that you know is is not rational um and and that's what's happened and the longer it goes on the worse it will get and um it, it, you know we're just going to have to to find a way of, of going back and and you know helping the people who've been genuinely scared and i'm i'm not including those people as i say who yeah. have stoked this whole thing because it, it suits their agenda i mean those people can go to hell as far as yeah. i'm concerned you know if 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 we do get anything if we ever get anything approximating to a return to life before covid which i suspect may be sadly impossible but if we get something close to it the the tsunami of cognitive dissonance is going to be shriekingly powerful yeah i think i think there's gonna be a lot of people that will i think there's gonna be a lot of people who will completely reinvent the last 12 months as if to say you know what i didn't wear a mask at all even though they wore 12 at a time and full biohazard suits when they went down when went down to morrison's well, that's why I'm hoping that the list serve as a social document to the time that we've lived in. <laughs> who's, who's, who's had the best war then? Who's had the best war of it? Well, I think... Because a lot of people have fallen off the perch lately. Yeah, they have. Well, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's swung back and forth. So I think at the start, you know, there were, there were a few people. I mean, I've already mentioned, obviously, Hector, um, you know, did, did a lot of great work on his blog. I mean, James Danningpole, who's a, who's a, a mate, um, w- was great from, from the start. Um, Simon Dolan obviously launched his legal case. Toby Young, um, set up lockdown skeptics. Um, I think Toby Young should get a knighted for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's worked tremendously hard uh, on that. So th- there were, there were people from the outset and then gradually over the course of last year, we saw some people, um, come back in a little bit i mean as i say rod little um turned sort of halfway through and thought actually okay maybe maybe you know i need to think about this again julia hartley brewer but he but even julia hartley brewer i mean she's had the vaccine yeah or she's gonna have it on friday apparently oh okay well she's gonna have it because she wants to go on holiday so it, and there's actually people i know i mean I, i'm um I mean, the thing that people find interesting about me, I, I'm kind of slightly at odds with a lot of family members who, um, you know, who who don't share my my sort of um, skepticism. Skepticism, yeah, exactly. But those who those who are more um, on, on my side, again, since the vaccines come along, you know, they're a bit like, oh yeah, great, we'll take the vaccine and then everything will get back to normal. So. You know, I, I mean, I don't forget these things. I, I'll be able to point out who who has uh, has been uh, true to their word all along and, and who's who's wavered. Um, so the, and the, the people, sorry to interrupt, the people who've 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 flipped at the last minute, have they been bought off or have they been replaced by shape-shifting aliens? Uh, or both? But yeah, both probably. Well, I, I think... I think a lot of this is down to, to just just agenda. I mean, if you're look, if you are a journalist, for example, and you have, I mean, I don't know what they pay on on things like you know the Telegraph, the Times, the Sun, or whatever, but there, there must be decent, you know, decent paid uh, positions. And of I, course, I, I would not make that assumption, to be honest. Well, okay, but but he, but um, 
you would imagine that they would have, by virtue of the fact that they're a journalist in those publications, they probably write for a lot of others and also have media appearances that, that which culminate in the fact that they would be worth a certain, you know, they're going to have an income that they need to protect. And sure. I, um, I think with a lot of these things, and, and you see uh, the best example of this is Pierce Morgan. Okay. Um, uh, and he's quite, kind of a topical guy right now because he's been supposedly booted off his his program in the morning. But he's someone who, to me, he plays his opinions by numbers. Because um, I've seen this over the last few years. You know, everybody at some point will agree with Piers Morgan because he seems to to have this. Oh, you think he's you think he's playing he's play he's, he's he's duking the stats as our American friends might say. Well, yeah, I I think I mean. He, if you think about it, I mean, he was pro-Trump mm. at a time when actually that was quite a brave position for somebody in his his level of in the media. Um, in his, the, le- his level of wank puffery. Yeah, I mean, he's a complete cock and I hate him. And I gave him a score of twenty four and a half thousand, I think, at the last. <laughs> so, so so understand that I despise him in a negative out, way out of 10. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, in a negative way. But he he. Um, you know, he did support Trump and um, and and fair enough. But it was almost as if, right, OK, well, if I've but, supported but that, Trump. But he might be it might just have been a fair weather supporter with no real, you know, with no real conviction. No, it was it was just, it was just like uh, he was just, it was he was, it was a uh, what's the phrase? Um, a thing in the wind, a weather vane. Yeah, well, I think that's the point. He's a weather vane, you know, He and, and but I think that weather vane is, is, you know, if he thinks, right, OK, I'm getting a lot of people from from this particular side on at me because I, I supported Trump. The the next two or three um, uh, news stories or, or political agendas or whatever that are, that are on the horizon, I need to think about this. On that one, I'm going to come down on that point because that's going to win back some of those people on that one i can probably afford to like i think he's so calculated mm. because he, he you know he's had to think about his position it would be if, if he was a genuinely sound person on so many issues he would not have kept that spot on good morning britain or whatever it's called do you think do you think when he flounced out of good morning britain like a fat and gainly gorilla um do you think he did that because he's got another job lined up well, I, I saw the rumours that he was apparently he's been offered something on the Andrew Neil. Um, uh, Does Andrew Neil have no conception of just how widely he is despised by many people in this country? I mean, uh, Piers Morgan, that is. It's, well. Yeah, but to what extent does that matter? If you uh, d- does Piers Morgan pull in the, the viewers? That's the whole point, isn't it? I mean, he's got media pull for whatever reason. Yeah. So, so he doesn't. Whether yeah, but that's of... it's a bit like saying people like seeing car crashes happen, but it's not a great statement about human nature. It's not at all. But that's not that's not the um, that's not the world we live in. Is it's it? Like, it's, it's like it's like we're, we're going to show we're at twenty four seven coverage of the Zeppelin smashing into the ground. <laughs> well, it's it's all to do with eyes, isn't it? I mean, that's what the whole of social media is if, about. If, if it bleeds, if it bleeds, it leads. Well, yeah. I mean, look. Okay, you've got a choice of uh, going to a dinner and seeing. I don't know, um, Ginger Spice speak, or you've got a, an evening where Piers Morgan's going to speak. Where would you go? Ginger Spice. Really? 
You think you're going to get entertainment? See the point. This isn't. You think I'm attracted to choice when you're presenting this to me? Oh, sorry. I'm thinking of Baby Spice. Sorry. sorry. (laughs) Can I change my answer? (laughs) But the point is, you know, he's going to say something controversial. So, I mean, look, I don't watch TV and I don't follow the news. I've always said from the top, I I don't trust it. I don't trust. I don't rather have dinner with a tapeworm than with. Morgan. Yeah, but I'm just saying for pure... I would rather ed- stare at a tapeworm leaving someone's anus than have <laughs> I'm inclined to agree with all of these things, but 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 um, also we live in a world where people want that left. I mean, I, I you know, the other night for example, I found myself watching that, or bits of that um, oh god uh, Oprah Winfrey and, and Harry and Meghan yeah. interview. Yeah. Um, what, what, what's, what's that about? I can't say I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah, well, I, but but the thing is, I I can't really be doing with Oprah Winfrey or or anybody like that. I can't be doing with either of those two bleating, whining nobodies. Um, and yet I put it on. I, you know, I found myself on Twitter. I was trying to write something, and you know, everybody was talking about it. And I thought, okay, let's let's just see what's going on. And you can see why these things are, are what they are and why they, they have the media pool. Um, yeah. You know, it's like going back to Diana in the in the 90s when she did that interview with... Um, Martin Bashir. Martin Bashir, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I remember... In fact, I remember that. I was, I was a teenager at the time and thinking, God, who's going to... What kind of sucker is going to lap this up? And of course, the next day, all the papers are, oh, you know, princess of hearts, you know, she, she's had this terrible life and she spilled the beans and isn't this and and this is the the, the world that we live in uh, maybe it's got got worse maybe maybe it's the same i don't know but the media pull is the thing i mean there's no way i mean andrew neil is somebody who who actually i've been very critical of over the last year having previously thought that he was um one of the few um kind of political journalists on on the on the news who we could respect um i think he's had a very bad war mm. um but, but he's definitely i mean uh, well he's definitely motivated by numbers and i can tell you that because um i at times i've had a subscription to the spectator magazine and which is a good read which is a good read yes although i don't think it's as good as it was and mm. one of the reasons for that is because he gave fraser nelson the task of getting the um subscribers yeah, up to over a hundred thousand, and in order to do that, they've ditched some writers who who I think were, were very good, and they retained people like Matthew Paris. Yeah, and they've broadened it out, and and okay, it's, it's still better than a lot of other publications, and it's got the it's got the legacy. Um, you know, it'll never lose that, but um, it's all about numbers, and and I I think sometimes we'll actually you know you should you should stick to your principles and your integrity and look at the quality and um you know and all those things and actually you know find that the numbers the numbers might not hit the, the levels doing it that way but they won't dip you know because people will respect who you are and, and what your product is um so it wouldn't surprise me if he reached out to pierce morgan quite quite frankly one of the strange things about the the oprah thing is that it, it's it's a bit like davos uh, all over again in that it's like a bunch of billionaires telling a bunch of millionaires about the suffering of the working man oh, pathetic con- you know confected nonsense yeah absolutely but th- but then then the whole thing with davos is that it's it's everybody seemingly gets sucked into it because it's it's this thing of well if there is going to be this um 
small, luxurious, um, uh, um, you know, wolf's lair of, of power, at least if I'm in there. You know, I may not be able to get, you know, influence any of the decisions, but at least if I'm part of it, um, that's something better to be inside than, than out in the cold. I mean, that's the only way I can... Um, I, I can justify some of the people who have, have got sucked into some of the, um, you know, some of the, the, the things that have been on the Davos agenda. I mean, look at look at somebody like Michael Gove, for example. I'd rather not if that's OK with you. Well, let's not look at him, but let's let's just consider him for a moment. And and, and you know, he's he should be one of the, the sounder uh, members of, of parliament and, and cabinet ministers. But. You look at a lot of the things that have happened over the last sort of 12 to 18 months, you know, whether it's the green agenda with with with, um, you know, net carbon zero and all of that. Yeah. Sort of stuff. I mean, he laps it up. Um, you know, he's on about banning this, banning that, installing wind turbines. And, and you know, he's there with Greta at her conferences. Um, you know, he, he's been a proponent of, of lockdown. You know, he he doesn't seem to to want to stand up for, for, for these um, for these principles that you would you would assume that he would have had previously. Um, and I, I, my my theory is that, that they're, they're sucked into the um, uh, the, the inner the inner mechanism. You know, they just want to be part of what's going on rather than have to fight it for, from outside. And, and it comes down ultimately to, to either laziness or cowardice or, um, or complacency. Or, lack of human or, decency. Yeah, career, uh, being a career politician, I think, is, is, is part of the problem. On the topic of uh, Davos, I, I think we should give a shout out to one of the best named, the best new entries in, in the Twitter name stakes, which is uh, Klaus Schwab's Bum Swabs. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, if if Twitter ever decides to to make everybody um, uh, appear under their own actual name, it's uh, it's it's toast. Do you, would you if I mean Twitter's notionally free though? Clearly, we we all pay. Those of us who use it pay pay an immense price in terms of uh, the time sink aspect and the fact that it can sometimes destroy careers and brands and all that kind of stuff, but it, it's just so addictive. If, if, if Twitter introduced a kind of, let's say, a, I don't know if it would be a premium version or not that you actually had to pay for, would you, would you pay to use Twitter? No, no. <laughs> not, not a chance. I, I wasn't going to go. But there is to... something addictive to it. That you have to admit Oh, yeah, there is. Absolutely. I mean, and there's there's a lot of accounts that, that I've, I mean, I, I wasn't going to go back on. I mean, I was I, I'd grown bored of it, to be honest, um, even before I got permanently suspended at the back end of last year. I just thought, no, it's it's just getting irritating now. Um, and I wasn't going to go back on. But a lot of people said, well, look, we're not on Gab. We're not on Parliament. We, we, we want, you know, come back on. And, and so I did. But and you're right, it is addictive. But I think but then it, I suppose so is crack cocaine. Yeah, exactly. And there comes a point where you think, you know, I, my nostrils need a, a break. Um, it, it, it's yeah, I, I think it's uh, it, it will it will ultimately destroy itself. I mean, their their decision, as I say, to throw Trump off, um, I, I think e even if that whole um, censorship uh, topic is simmered down, it will boil back up and. Um, it, you know, I, it will definitely um, result in a in a huge conflict um, in the in the whole big tech sphere around 
who manages this stuff you know because you've effectively got you've got facebook you've got instagram twitter youtube YouTube. those those are the big players and then you've got um you've got the rest Mm. and it, it, it it's almost like with the rest um well, you're free to go on those those things, uh, but we'll we'll decide whether we want to kick you off the app store. We'll decide whether we want to we want to give you the option of, um, you know, hosting on our service because basically we you know we, we own the infrastructure. I mean, somebody said to me, well, what if um, you got to the point where, let's say, Gab, um, uh, you know, is is running or Parler, whatever, and um, they decide the the internet service provider for the location that they've got their servers in decide to pull the plug Mm. you know what then it's like it will always come down to the point where you think well hold on a second this is not a level playing field and so i think we've got all that to come to be honest Mm. what what do you think would cause it to go back up again to to be on the top of the agenda because they kick the president off and doesn't seem to have had much effect but what would be the second wave of of attention? Um, good question. Um, I think uh, so. We're we're in this sort of phony war at the moment because Biden uh, has become president, um, but he's not. I don't. I don't think he's aware of that yet. But um, no, he's not, and he probably never will be. But. Um, he he's he's there he's not had chance to 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 um annoy enough people yet or or more so the people around him you know covid's still going on and we're we're supposedly coming out of this this lockdown thing so i think probably for, for the first half of this year not not much um but things will happen i mean the reality is economics will will hit um you know when the furlough scheme can't go on forever um, eventually people will want ways to make money. Um, you know, many of the ways, traditionally the, the ways that, that people have, have d- attempted to do that in the past are now out of, of people's hands. You know, they're with the government. Um, you know, free speech is, is eroding on, on a, um, you know, it's, alarming level. It is defunct. It has ceased to be. Yeah. Um, and, and so all of these things are, are happening. So I, I can't I mean, you know, who knows what's around the corner in terms of an actual event, you know, an, an actual thing that, that that could just materialize out of the air. But but some things will be and I think those things will combine and I think it will come down to, um, you know, people making a stand against these things. I mean, you see it with um, you see it with something like Bitcoin. Um, which, you know, I, I was interested in last year because I actually bought some. Um, and what happened, you know, the, the value soared. Um, and, you know, I was trying to track it and I was trying to, having listened to a few podcasts of people who knew what they were talking about. People like seen, Dominic Frisbee. Well, initially, yeah, initially Dominic Frisbee. And then um, I started listening to, um, I mean, there's a guy called Stefan Levera, I think his name is, who does a podcast on bitcoin and, and a few other people as well but i mean do, yeah i mean i've, I've read dominic uh, frisbee's book and listened to him a, a lot but it, it was more um it wasn't just the the financial aspect of bitcoin but it was it was the libertarian aspect yeah it was it was the politics behind it like mm-hmm. okay you know you at the moment governments just can't control this um so uh but they may at some point make it illegal 
Yeah, but even may, then, sorry, may attempt to make it illegal because I'm not sure how they can actually make a decentralized well, network illegal. So that's the point, and I suppose it played into that that darker side of my of my personality that I uncovered last year when I when I sort of thought, you know, I've lost faith in the Tory Party. I've lost faith in so many people who, uh, you know, so many people in this country have just gone along with this whole thing. Um, I've I've sort of not that I've ever had a lot of money at all really to invest or anything like that. And in fact, I've never really invested in. I've got a pension, I've got savings, but I've never invested in the stock market or anything. But I thought, you know what, I'm I'm going to go and buy some Bitcoin and just observe how it how how the value changes depending upon what's going on and try and link this and and build you know, observe a bit of a narrative. And and it, it struck me that um, it's it's not crystal clear in terms, of, you know, it's definitely not the case that Bitcoin is all good. And, um, you know, uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it, it, it's a shining beacon that we all need to run towards. But, sure. but it definitely seemed to be the case that, well, actually, this is something that in this next period is going to be very interesting. To but it may, it may be no worse than any other unbacked fiat currency. Right. Right, exactly. And, and, and so, you know, I, I, think, I think there's going to be some things come to a head. And as I say, I can't anticipate actual events because, let's be honest, I mean, who could have anticipated covid uh, or the response to it at least well, the chinese communist party clearly could have done and the world economic forum and bill gates but that's that's getting ahead of ourselves well, yeah granted but but you know so so you don't know what's around the corner but but i think um i think these topics are all linked that's the point they, they're mm. not they're not they don't exist they're not like, operating in a vacuum independently of right. each other no exactly and i think um you know, my philosophy, if anything, has, has changed over, over the last year. You know, my, my I used to think, um, I, remember, I remember growing up actually being a sort of child and a teenager thinking, oh, adults have all the answers. You know, if you, if you ever get into enough trouble, there'll be an adult there who'll sort it out. And then or, could, or ask a policeman. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but then... And, and, that and might then, just be if you want to know the time, though. Well, yeah, not yeah. They'll, they'll be kneeling down for that, um, but but you know, then then I thought, well, the institutions of this country are at least you know trustworthy, trustworthy, stable, and 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 then the whole thing with, I mean, th- this all started. I mean, we could go back. I mean, it, Blair really was was the catalyst for a lot of this. The, the the things that were put in place where nobody really was was paying it much attention. It was Brexit then that sort of. Um, revealed a, a, a lot of the, the issues with the institutions but but I, but I think in the last as I say 12 months I, I've kind of just philosophically I've, I've just sort of stepped away from it and thought well you know I'm kind of I feel quite zen about it now like mm. I, I, I feel quite I feel a sense of detachment if anything um, in some ways it's incredibly depressing what's happened um, but in some ways, um, it's quite liberating. Actually. Well, I suppose the way I describe it is if when you're serially, brutally gang raped by all the people that you previously trusted, after a while, you get Stockholm syndrome intervenes. So, you know, you just get resigned to the whole process. Uh, uh, up, up, up to a point, Lord Copper. Yeah, I'll have to imagine that that analogy playing out. But yeah, I, I think so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, in, in a good way, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think that there's going to be some interesting things around the corner. They won't necessarily happen in the next 12 months, uh, sorry, in the next six months. But, um, you know, for example, the next 
election in this country is going to be interesting to see, you know, what other parties are there, what the turnout is, um, what the battlegrounds are, what people's responses are and feelings about the country in the wake of of the covid response you know about the nhs about the fact that you know the, the furlough scheme will have rendered so many jobs redundant how how many um sectors of the economy you know just won't come back um i think topics like freedom of speech um you know that there's a whole thing around um as a safe you know people's ability to save for retirement and and build their own wealth I think all of these things are going to come together in 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 various events that we can't yet anticipate, and um, it's going to be interesting. It won't necessarily happen in the next few months, but but I think the next few years definitely. I would not I would not feel personally comfortable making any kind of predictions, especially about the future. It feels like you know, 2016 we had Brexit, and then we had Trump, and then it's like so, uh, and then 2021 is sort of quietly biding its time, saying hold my beer yeah so god only knows what what could be ahead in other words the the overton window of of sort of acceptable discourse is now basically is basically just being completely shattered and destroyed so anything could now conceivably happen and probably will yeah yeah i agree but but you're basically optimistic though from from what i'm guessing i'm Guardedly, so I would suggest. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I am. Yeah, I, I, ultimate at my heart, I'm an optimist. I think um, you have to. I think you have to be optimistic about human nature. It, yes. it, it, for all its faults. Yes. Yeah, I think so, and I also think that there's, and th- this has been the way that I've got through the the winter period that we've just had. Um, I think there is a time and a place to, um you know to launch assaults on these things you know that you have to pick and choose your moments um and you know you also have to to pick and choose the hill you're willing to die on yeah exactly yeah so i i don't know i think I, i do believe ultimately um that there are good people out there i think a lot of people um you know there are a lot of people who have been malicious with with what's happened there are a lot of people who have um been disappointing frankly mm. um, but I, but i think there's also people who have genuinely been frightened who who weren't prepared for this who have reacted badly but but okay i mean you know we're, we're all sort of frail human beings ultimately mm. and i like to think that that when we come out of this you know combination of reflection and and understanding of what actually took place you know those things will still be there and and you know people will i mean ultimately i i, I was heartened by the fact that that brexit happened mm. you know that that to me i mean I, i'll never forget actually the, the night the, the day of the vote um i was i was stood in in my kitchen and there's a, there's a big tv on on the wall and um we were having some some work done upstairs so i was camped down in, in the, the kids playroom downstairs on this mattress and um it came in with the with the prediction that um remain were going to shock gonna... shocker absolute shocker they never saw it coming they were ashen faced at the bbc yeah but this it was, was dim it was dimbleby it was dimbleby and but he, this he, was, couldn't, he couldn't believe it yeah but this was so the result hadn't come in yet so this this was in this was like uh well just before 10 o'clock then yeah it was before 10, 10 p.m definitely well okay so i definitely went to bed before 10 i must have had a long day i can't remember but but 
I remember seeing the, the thing on Sky News or the BBC, and I remember having this massive rant at the TV. <laughs> and I said, you know, this is the golden opportunity. We could have left. And I had this big rant and went to bed and woke up in the morning and saw the, the news. And I I was just so happy. And I thought it has it, it, it has retained my faith in my fa- in my fellow human being in this country. And, and I think ultimately that's what you have to do. You have to think, well, you know, when you leave aside all of this stuff, all the nonsense, all of the... Um, the petty know, crap. The, the spin, yeah, Twitter and, and polls and all of that sort of stuff, you know, people, um, you know, people's brains and capacity for, for rational thought and and... You know, all of that sort of thing, um, you know, that, that that hasn't changed. At least I don't think it has. So, yeah, I I, I am optimistic, but I do think that, um, you know, we are facing such an uphill battle that there are so many um, there, there are so many forces stacked against us, whether it's the, you know, the mainstream media, big tech. Um, you know, the, the, the politics of so many um, governments in, in the West right now. Um, you know, corporations, corporations are probably my, my biggest disappointment because mm. they, they're, um, and, and I work for a corporation by the way. Um, so th- that's my, my day job. And I, I've seen this, you know, the way that they have, what type, what type of corporation do you work for? Uh, well, I won't have say you name, worked for, you don't have to name it. No, no, I won't name them, but they're, they're a U.S. corporation mm. and, um, you probably wouldn't have heard of them, but they're they're listed on the New York Stock Exchange, and they yeah. um, are um, kind of global. So, so yeah. they've they've got operations in in most most countries, and um, they. Ha- I, I'm seeing this now. Oh, what 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 business are they in? Just out of interest. Uh, it's it's business supplies manufacturing. Okay. So the only, uh, the only reason I ask is this is this is reminding me of. Um, I don't know if you ever look at the Onion onion.com america's finest news site oh i have seen it yeah yeah but i mean the onion i mean the onion's still still going strong but back in the late 90s during the first dot-com boom they were absolutely knocking it out of the park on a, on a regular basis and my all-time favorite onion headline is new branch of starbucks to open in toilets of existing starbucks <laughs> yeah yeah well, yeah, yeah. It, it, American corporations do have a certain characteristic about them that, that British corporations will never quite have. Well, the funny thing is that, that so they are they're an American corporation, but they they um, are quite a complex company that the company I work for. But they they, they acquire they've grown through acquisition predominantly, and the, the parts of the business that I work for are mainly acquired businesses and. There is a sort of UK and European flavour to them, so that they yeah. traditionally they haven't been purely kind of just just US corporate bland, you know. Um, but what I have observed over, over the last couple of years, and particularly in the last six twelve months, is the the whole woke thing coming through. Um, what I was going to say through cor- it has come through corporate HR, but it but it's been at the um, at the, the direction of the the CEO and entirely unnecessarily but but it's almost as if he feels that well okay we're a corporation we've got to do this stuff so the most important thing now is that we have you know a diversity agenda that we have um bullshit Mm. yeah sorry unconscious bias training and we have we have all these things and 
you know, it, it's it's pretty glib. It's pretty awful. And but it, but it's no different to, to all the others. And it's it's entirely self-afflicted. And I think there's this belief that um, that that that's what the the, the next generation of, of the workforce want. And, you know, your your consumers want to buy from companies like this and the people want to work for, for companies. No, who that's are, all that's who a load of crap. It, it, it's really interesting that you say this, though, because we met a client earlier today. And he was saying that he, he works in turn for a U.S. corporation and he was invited to go over or basically it would be in his career interest to go over to the States because that's where the headquarters is. But he said, first, he's got no interest in doing that. And secondly, he said that basically he, he needs he, he basically needs almost like some kind of a like a translation guide for, uh, advice from head office just to know just to know how to speak, just to know how to how to communicate, because yeah. the woke bullshit cascading out of HQ is frankly, it's like there's a line from um, Apocalypse Now uh, that the the bullshit piled up so high you needed wings to stay above it. Yeah, yeah, this is it. It's it's just it it it's crazy. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't want to be doing this in 10 years time, quite honestly, because it, because these things are tick box exercises that you have to do as a man. Happily in 10 years time, we'll all own nothing and be very happy about it. So that's, Well, that's true. So I won't need to anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're rapidly moving towards movie, uh, towards uh, media picks, Paul. What do you reckon? I think you're right. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I, I think I gave you fair warning about this, uh, Sir Dan. You did. That, um, you did. We, we tend to round off uh, the, the recording with, with media picks. It can be anything, and it can be from any, any time period. It doesn't have to be recent or current. It could be whatever you know is particularly meaningful or, or unmeaningful to you well, in any kind of medium. Yeah, I can, I can give you a few things. So I would just say as a, as a sort of caveat that I've, I've become really, really bad at concentrating in the evening with, with all this stuff, whether, it, whether it's books or, or TV, and it's partly because I'm – bashing away on a on a laptop or i'm on twitter or sorry this is, sorry so bashing away on a laptop well writing something oh, writing sorry work. writing <laughs> yeah that's my way of, of, of describing my writing um <laughs> tim's imagination it, was running wild there <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah the, okay. the thing you have to appreciate about these these recordings is that I, 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 typically every five or ten minutes i'll make an attempt at a joke it'll then sink through the floor and you'll hear it sort of bounce around at the sort of subterranean level for a while until it reaches the absolute center of the earth and no, that's, it's fine. It's that's what's I, just that's what's just happened well i didn't i didn't realize when you said media <laughs> picks we were talking about that sort of media I, had i known i'd have done a bit more research. well, well it's a, you can you can pick what you like we, there's yeah. no, no stipulation when you were bashing away was it on shuffle uh, no comment <laughs> um so 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 i'll give you a few things i'll, I'll um uh I've just been, uh, I was going to say reading, but actually um, I, it's on an audio book um, and I've never read any of his stuff before, but this is going back to my love of all things medieval. Um, Bernard Cornwall Azincourt, which is um, a, uh, a historical novel set in the time of Henry V, uh, leading up to and including the Battle of Azincourt. Happy few, we happy few, we band of brothers. Exactly. And it's uh, knowing quite a bit about that, um, that period, it's meticulously researched. It's so good. And the, the beauty of the audiobook is that you can't drift. So I, so I typically listen to it last thing at night, I'll, I'll get through a chapter or half a chapter, 
and um, I'm fully engaged. And it's it it's incredibly. I mean, if you've ever seen um, things like Game of Thrones um, with the with the sort of level of of sort of violence and. It, it, it's that level of of sort of graphic description of and particularly the lead up to to the battle and and um things like that i i can't recommend it enough it's so good i've i've not quite finished it i'm nearly there um so um so i'd highly recommend that i'm i'm also reading um and this is an actual book uh roger scruton's england and elegy and this is um this is probably my uh, my reflective mood of of wanting to sort of embrace a, a, a country that that well let's be honest doesn't exist anymore but yeah. the late the late great Roger Scruton was just so good at, at that so I've I've got that um, uh, in in the background as well I think in terms of TV um, the best thing that I've watched this year and I do struggle with some of these. Um, these Netflix things that go on for, for you know, millions of, of series and things like that. The best thing I've watched is um, To the Lake. I don't oh, know I think that was originally on BBC, BBC Two or BBC Four, maybe. Uh, no, this is this is um, uh, this is the Russian thing. Oh, OK, it's um, not then. Sorry. So, no, that was that was The Lakes, wasn't that it? That might have been The Lake. Yeah, I've not. Heard, um, I've not the heard one I'm of thinking it. of was set in New Zealand. No, so this this is um, this is a Netflix thing. I think you'd still be able to get it, and it was a Russian drama. Um, and it was th- th- you should definitely watch it because it's about um, a mysterious sort of virus outbreak. Yeah, and. Um, it was recommended to me and I, I started watching it. And, and the good thing is that the episodes are probably only um, half an hour, 40 minutes. So it's not too, I mean, you can, you can in, kind of. In Russian with subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. And probably the first episode, first couple, I was a bit, yeah, it's okay. Um, and so it's a bit of a slow burner. It is a slow burner. But what happens is that you get this, you, you arrive at this point two or three episodes in where you have um, a number of families who have escaped um, a city in, in Moscow and they're, they're just fleeing to this lake to, to get out of, of the, um, well, this is the interesting thing, not just away from, from the, the virus, but away from the response to the virus. Mm. And that's the crucial thing. Uh, that's where sure, it, it, sure, it, sure. It, it's so good. And it, it all comes to a head and um, you, you've got their personal lives playing out and you've got the fact that you've got the state's response and you know, does it end with boris johnson being hanged upside down by piano wire from a lamppost well you know it unfortunately Sorry, it that, might, that might be a bit of a spoiler alert so probably best best if you don't say i won't say what happens at the end but it, it, it's staggering ending and um really you should you should go i i might actually go and watch it again it's it's that, that good it's that good that good it's yeah. got 7.3 on imdb which is a very respectable score so yeah, it looks looks good. So, do you, is it just one season then? It just ends with one season. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know whether they're going to make a second. I mean, if they make a second one, I don't know how they're going to do it. As I say, right, without right, without right. giving away any spoilers, but yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. takes some doing. But yeah, yeah, um, it, it's really, really good. I mean, I, I, I kind of flick through a lot of things on on Netflix, and a lot of it. I mean, particularly when you have these things that just go on and on and on. Um, I, I, I kind of, I've got to admit to losing interest after a while. Um, I just watched, um, 
I just finished watching uh, Murders at White House Farm. Sure. Which so is the... You're being very generous because you only had to come up with one. You didn't... You didn't feel... Keep going, keep going. You didn't have going. to feel pressured to come up with lots. But well, no, there you go. That sounds like a light romantic comedy uh, sedan. Yes. This is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, yeah. well, no, it's, it, it's... Murders at White House Farm was... The, it was um, it's based on the... Um, oh, God, who's the guy? Jeremy somebody or other. Bamba? Uh, Yes, that's it. Uh, in mid eighties, and he was uh, he found parents, parents, and um, and uh, his uh, his sister in law, stepsister, and her her boys. Anyway, it's it's a recreation of that. It was probably COVID. It almost certainly was. Yeah, um, it's good. Uh, early COVID. It's it's yeah, it's it's decent, but. Um, uh if you're into that sort of crime thing which i'm not normally but um yeah but no check check out to the lake it's it's so good honestly and well, the, uh, the one the one thing that i suspect we collectively he says magnanimously would 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 raise is one of the most magnificent things we've seen over the, over the history of, of of this podcast which is probably going back three years now is um chernobyl yeah, I didn't see that actually. Oh, you, I think oh. you'll have to see it. It's no, basically basically because because Paul mentioned it, and then I I cunningly trumped him by signing on to Now TV or UK Now, whatever the hell it is. And that's my, it because it's the Sky thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and I got my free free membership. Binge watch the entire thing in a day, and then cancel it. So I don't have to pay for it. Right. But yeah. it, Chernobyl is magnificent. I yeah. Um, I think I had a free trial or something or other, and I did just didn't get around to doing it. Yeah, there's that. Um, I did. It's I, one of the best things I've seen in 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 the last uh, this century, in the last twenty years. It's that good. That good. Yeah. Okay. I did. I, I did watch um, both of these uh, series of Succession last year. That was oh, very Succession. good. Succession. Yeah, Dellingpole likes it, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, it, it, that's that, that. Really is good. Um, is that on Netflix? No. Um, uh, I have to buy I've it on got, Prime for the sound of it. I think. Uh, I th- is that Amazon Prime or is that Sky? I, I've got, to be honest with you, I've got them on DVD because I just couldn't get hold of them. Um, it, it doesn't matter basically because I don't expect our money to be worth anything fairly soon anyway. So I'm I'm, I'm furiously joining this Mycesian crack up boom rush to spend my cash before it's completely worthless. Right. So happy to expend it on on fripperies like this. Yeah, well, you can just buy it, but no, that's that's good. But I've not seen Chernobyl. I'll, I'll um, I'll Chernobyl, check Chernobyl is 11, 11 thumbs up. Yeah, well, there you go. I'll so, check it out. So, Tim, what's yours? I'm, I'm, mine's a blast from the past. So, um, I'm going with a, a, a film that I first saw a long time ago. It came out in 1983. Oh, wow! Called The Big Chill. Oh. Um, and The Big Chill is basically probably it's probably got the best American cast of any film I've seen. So I'm going to run these names and I'm not, don't know if Sedan will be, will be familiar. I know he'll be familiar with some of them, but Tom Berenger, Glenn Close, Jeff Goldblum, William Hurt, Kevin Klein, Meg Tilly, Joe Beth Williams. Um, it's, it's effectively a, I was talking about it with my, with my better half while we were watching it. It's basically, you know, a, a extraordinarily self-indulgent boomer porn. And given that the boomers are basically the cunts that ruin the world for everybody, um, I've got limited appetite for boomer stuff. But as a film, it's 
brilliantly acted. It's extremely funny. It's got cracking dialogue. Not an awful lot happens. Basically, that the premise is that you have a guy that uh, a middle-aged guy that's that, that kills himself, and uh, his his best friends from college days come together for the funeral and then just get together for a long weekend. Um, right. And it's reminisce about in you know, a better times and all the rest of it. But it, it it's got an absolutely cracking cast. The dialogue, as I say, is second to none. And I don't know if it's an urban myth or not. But there are rumors that um, there's somebody that basically got left on the cutting room floor. So you see the body being basically, you see the body being uh, dressed and, you know, just like prepared for, you know, for, for the funeral. And allegedly the person left on the cutting room floor was Kevin Costner, who played the guy who killed himself. So yeah, right. it's all a bit weird. But uh, The Big Chill, by, uh, directed by Lawrence Kasdan. Um, and it, uh, the thing I've missed is is miss saying is it has the most superb soundtrack of sixties rock and roll and classic classic R and B and it's just a delight. I've seen it probably three or four times now, but it's it's almost one of those films that gets better every time you see it because you see something new or different. And it's it, but it's very it's very talky, but it's 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 got a great chatty vibe and. Jeff Goldblum alone, I, oh, I, I find, superb, is, is superb. But yeah. but he's he's in excellent company. So yeah. it's it. I have yeah. to concede, it's probably one of my favorite films. Comedy dramas. So that looks like fun. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, just to contrast that, and I thought this was an old one, which it kind of is, really. That um, so the big chill I've heard of, but I've never seen. So obviously I'm gonna have to check it out now. But a, a film that's been on the list for a long time, and I've just ticked it off and I wish I'd ticked it off a bit sooner, which you guys have probably already seen, is No Country for Old, for old Men, the um, Eth- the uh, Coen Brothers film. It's a mess, ain't it, Sheriff? Well, if it isn't a mess, it'll do till a mess, mess gets here. I've heard you quote it as well. It is, <laughs> what a film. Oh, my God. It's awesome, isn't it? I, I loved it so much I bought the book. Yeah. I just, like, I was completely blown away with the suspense. And I don't normally like... I don't want to give anything away, of course, but I don't normally. It's a western. It's a we- mo- sort of modernish western. It, yeah, it's a modernish. Yeah, it's. Uh, have, you, have you seen it? Uh, I, I, no, I say, I've not. I've not seen it. No. Oh, God, you guys, you guys, just get with the. <laughs> well, I've seen. I've seen it now. Say. I've seen it now. So you, you well, can't. No, Sedan, Sedan's still on the hook here. Yes. Yes, go I'm and scribbling these suggestions down. By the way, go on. Yeah. Yeah. So no country. I was just that. Just that one. No country for old men. It's um. It, it, as I say, it's been on the list, and it, I've seen so many little snippets of it. Have, and, Javier, and, and, I mean, the Javier Bardem character is just superb. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's like the Terminator, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's relentless, completely relentless. And you get this. Um, it's it, uh, cinematography is by Roger Deakins, who's he's the best DOP in the world. But this is uh, a Coen Brothers flick, and it's a Coen Brothers flick, and it's you know they. they I guess you've got to perhaps go for their taste like not everyone will but occasionally i think they hit the mark where i think you know the the stuff is will be really popular if you see what i mean like you know you know what you're getting in in with it's like wes anderson if you like his stuff mm-hmm. you, you know he's it's a popular esoteric. yeah but it's a, of a style that not many people you know would broadly like but it's you know popular enough and they're the same like you know you either love fargo or you hate it i mean fargo's awesome but for some people, it's like not. But old, no country for old men has got such a sense of 
it's 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 a thrilling thrilling film because from the get go you're just drawn straight into the world, and you've just got to see it through basically. Um, so yeah, so that's that's that. So I'm gonna it. I'm gonna leap in now with a second one. Oh. I, just care, I just don't care anymore. Go for I, it. I'm simply, I'm 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 conscious I'm overstating my welcome. So I'm simply gonna say, every so often things happen to you. Uh, serendipitous things happen to you and they change your life. And the, one of the serendipitous things that happened to me that changed my life was in the in the very dawn of the VCR, the home home video recorder in the early 80s. Oh, lovely. Uh, I, I, I rented a film called Blood Simple by two, uh, a couple of young directors called the Coen Brothers. Oh, and wow. Blood Simple, Blood Simple was their directorial or writing and directorial debut. And funnily enough, I was actually preparing for my, uh, we had Chaucer earlier and uh, I must have been preparing for guessing it's the prologue to Canterbury Tales. And uh, while I was doing that, I, for, for some light relief, I, I watched this film and it's an absolute belter. And yeah. it, it can be a it can be a problem, I guess, for in the same way that you have like a difficult second or third album for a, for a band. I guess it could be a problem for a, um, uh, a film director that you start a bit like Citizen Kane. You start out and you start out and you knock it out of the park. And it's like, where do you go from there? Yeah. But I basically, I've loved the Cobras ever since blood simple. If, if people haven't seen it, cause it's not, not, it's not their best known film, but it's absolutely uh, stunning in, in exactly the same way that uh, no country is. So there's a, an extra shout out basically for the Cone brothers. Cause they are gods. And what blood simple? What is it about? I mean, it's, it's you know, it's one of those things where I know this sounds really ridiculous, but you you hear a title and you think, I don't know what that's going to be. So blood, sort of- blood simple is, it, funnily enough, it's 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 a little similar thematically to No Country because it's basically a film noir. Uh, I think I think the tagline is something like death or murder in the heart of Texas, but it's basically a, a classic film noir plot of bloke who owns a bar, wife wife has a lover then there's a private investigator and deaths ensue and it's just uh, i have to watch it now i'm sorry i have to go now guys i'm just gonna put this on so so it's been great see ya ciao (laughs) thanks tim well look just let's say a big bombshell on that bombshell a big thank you to sir dan of c and shortly to become Sir C of Dan. So before... already Sir C. So now, now a dual knighted. Yes. A dual knighted Sir Dan of C. Sir C of Dan. So before you go, Dan, let us know wh- where can the listeners get hold of you before before you so they can follow you. And, yeah. And so on, on Twitter now, I'm Sir C of Dan. Um, the letter C. The letter C. Yeah. Um, and all the other platforms, I'm Sir Dan of C and that's, um, YouTube, it's Gab, uh, it's Parlor, uh, and I'm on Patreon as well, which I've only just set up, but, um, I'm writing a, a few bits and pieces there. So any of those channels, Sir Dan of C and the blog. Well, I've put that onto Patreon, so that's you'll you'll, you'll get all my writing there. I've, I've I do contribute to a few other sites, but but mainly on on Patreon. So uh, that's right. Sedanity, yeah. Oh, okay. Because Sedanity sometimes a blog. I've just gone straight onto that. Yeah. So that's that's an old that's an old site that. Ah. Um, uh, get with the program, Paul. Well, it doesn't yeah, yeah, say. It <laughs> yeah. So 
it, yeah. it's that's there but i'm putting all so all all um new pieces now unless they're going into another publication will be on will be on patreon um right uh, so yeah, hopefully, so, hope, hopefully I don't get removed from any other platform. But uh, there you are. If I do, I'm I'm on multiple ones. Right. Well, all the best with it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure to have you on, and uh, we look forward to having you back on in the future. Yeah, much appreciated. Thanks for that. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks, uh, so, thanks, Sadan. Trouble is, when you say Sadan, it's a bit like Saddam. I find <laughs> so it's really awkward because he, oh, he's dead. Hey. And, anyway. <laughs> That's, that's, that's ending on a really sour note, isn't it? Well, I'm, I'm going to go away and myself now. Thanks, thanks for that. I'll edit it out, Saddam. <laughs> well, we'll deal with it in post. Yeah, we'll deal with it in post. Well, Tim's just started his blood simple, and I, I might get on that train. So um, anyway, great to have you on. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Will do. Thanks, guys. Okay, cheers then. All the best. And thank you so much for listening. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please do your own research or contact a professional advisor.